Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you happen to be. Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast by Preset Ministries Canada. We are starting a new podcast series with our National Director Mark Sheldrick called Jesus' Message to the Seven Churches, which will take us through Revelation chapters 1 through 3. We are excited you are joining us in this new series to discover God's truth for yourself and to know Him deeply. Now, before we get to this first episode with Mark on an overview of chapters 1 to 5 in Revelation, I want to ask you, are you craving to experience God's Word like never before? Reservations are now open for the 2023 Holy Land Tour through Israel and Jordan. Tour with Mark in March of 2023 and be immersed in Scripture in the actual locations where they unfolded. Visit our website at presetministries.ca to view the full schedule, package options, and all the other details to register and reserve your spot. Now, here's Mark for Episode 1 of the Seven Churches of Revelation. Hello everyone, this is Mark Sheldrake here, and this is another episode of Unlocking the Truth Podcast. So glad that you can tune in with us over the internet. Thanks for participating in the Philippians study. I hope you were blessed by what you were learning through the book of Philippians and how to have joy in the midst of all that we are going through. Hey, we released also a special one-off message in the book of Habakkuk to look at uh, the questions that Habakkuk had of God uh, during the time that we are in. And let me tell you, folks, it feels like, it feels like we are inching closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. We have uh, the day and the hour. Of course, we don't know when that is going to happen, but God has been uh, working in my heart. I've been teaching through the book of Revelation since uh, September, and uh, that whole time, just working through the book of Revelation with my two classes, God has been laying on my heart, especially chapters two and three of this book, and looking at the messages to the churches, as well as the promise to the overcomers. And that's where we're going to head for the next number of episodes of this podcast. We're going to look at the seven churches in the book of Revelation, Uh, We're going to start this week by just overviewing those first five chapters of the book and what's the reason we want to be studying the book of Revelation. So uh, head over to the website, preceptministries.ca, and you can pick up the book of Revelation and study along with us, Revelation Part 1 in the Precept Upon Precept or the In and Out, or you can study the new inductive study series, book on Revelation uh, that we have as well. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of leaning just to stay within chapters two and three verses covering all the chapters of Revelation, but maybe, just maybe, God will look uh, and move my heart to move beyond chapter three. And so uh, we'll continue to pray about that and see. And and one of the reasons that we'll, you know, we need to pray about that is I think there are so many interpretations of chapters 4 to 22 that they create a lot of battles and they create a lot of um, uh, struggles for people. And I, th- I really feel like it's one of those things that you need to study for yourself using the inductive method. And so I know that the classes that we are teaching on Revelation right now, those folks are being blessed by the hard work that they are putting in uh, week in and week out to study the book. But let's let's overview. Let's overview this book, and uh, let me pray for our time together, and then let's just uh, dig right in. Oh, Father, we do thank you for all that we... Uh, have before us these 66 books of your word that you have given us as the truth so that we can learn how to not only approach you and be present before you, but also how to live out our lives on this earth waiting for your son Jesus to return. Father, I pray that as we work through the next eight uh, episodes or so on Revelation 
that you would uh, guide us, that you would direct us, that we would be encouraged by the information that's in your word with the application that we you have for us. So Lord, we commit this time to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this podcast is going out across the internet in one of the most interesting times that I can think of for my life. All right, so we've just come out of a global pandemic that has not occurred for more than a hundred years. Uh, I think, I think by time this gets on the internet and you are listening to it, that we're almost out of it. As I'm recording this now, they're talking about a sixth wave here in Ontario, but we're not locked down or anything like that. But we've we've got this this pandemic that continues to go like it doesn't seem to stop and it looks like we're going to be living with COVID-19 uh, from here on out as a part of our our lives so whatever our feelings have been regarding the last two years it doesn't matter it's here and we should be focusing on uh, God and his word all right that's one one kind of event that's going on the other event that's happening is uh, what's happening in the Ukraine uh, we've got Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, we're seeing some pretty uh, terrible images coming across the news with uh, uh, people who have died due to war uh, laying in the streets and left in some of these completely destroyed cities. Just last night watching the news, seeing uh, men a row of six men with their arms tied behind their backs uh, and looks like they were executed uh, in uh, a room. And so, man, there is just so much happening in the world right now, not to mention some of the other things that are going on with with uh, the the advancement of sexual sin and the celebration of sin in the world. I mean, all of these things... They're all heading to one event within Scripture, all right? We, we know that everything that is happening in the world today is heading in preparation for one event, and it's the event that you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we look forward to with great anticipation, and that is we look forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We, we're looking for him to set up his throne on the earth and rule. Why? Because Revelation promises, and we will see this as we walk through, Revelation prom- promises that we as saints will rule with Jesus, all right? That we will be with him ruling for, for 1,000 years. Uh, that's part of it. Then second, there's a promise in the book of Revelation that we will uh, inherit the kingdom of God, that we will uh, be in the new Jerusalem, where in Revelation 21 and 22, describe what it's like in that new Jerusalem, and it looks and describes itself much like the Garden of Eden, a place that has no sin. I mean, the Garden of Eden didn't talk about golden streets and rivers of life, but uh, the tree that is found in the book of Genesis is going to be found uh, covering both sides of the river of life uh, with enough fruit on that for for life. All right, so this tree that was in the garden will be again in the New Jerusalem. So God is working. God continues to work behind the scenes and He's going to restore his uh, creation or give a new creation back to what it was in the time before sin entered into the world. This is what we're looking for. Uh, in this time in between that, between uh, the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, all the way through to where we are now, uh, Hebrews calls it the last days. We're in the last days waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. 
And I don't know about you, but there are days when I wake up in the morning and I look and I see what's happening in the world. I see the sin that's being celebrated in the world. I see war. I see famine. All of these things that are happening. I look and I say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Like, you just got to end this now. Like, yes, we've got to be patient. We've got to persevere. We've got to get to the end. That's all the promises that we'll look at through the book of Revelation. But man, oh man, uh, come, Lord Jesus, come. This, this world is groaning for your return. And so uh, my prayer is that as we walk through the book of Revelation over the next number of weeks, that through the messages to the churches, that we can not just look at those messages to the churches and we can say to ourselves, hey, wait a minute, my church is like that. Maybe we can look even on a deeper level and compare and evaluate the messages to the churches to our own lives. That we can look into our own hearts and we can determine that which one of these churches would I most likely want to be and which one do I for sure not want to be? And and what do I need to do in my life to make sure that uh, I am more than ready for uh, the return of Jesus Christ? Uh, I've been reading through a, a great book, and I, I try not to recommend too many books that are outside of our precept books on on the podcast, but I've been reading through uh, a book called The Book of Signs by uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. And as I've been reading through, and I, I'm about halfway through, so I'm not going to uh, recommend the whole thing to you. I'm just telling you there's some great chapters on looking at the end times, all right? Looking at uh, what's going to happen, some of the signs of the coming of Jesus Christ. But he has a chapter, and it really spoke to me, and it really brought attention to what we want to accomplish on unlocking the truth. And he was talking about apathy. And we talked about apathy. If you've been a part of these podcasts since we did the Ignite Your Passion for God, uh, six episodes on that, talking about how to ignite your love for Jesus Christ. So maybe that's why... uh, I continue to be drawn to discussions on apathy. I mean, I've said in the podcast of Ignite that, you know, I was a an expert in apathy. But here, uh, Jer- Dr. Jeremiah talks about uh, apathy, specifically apathy about the return of Jesus. To, to really have this ho-hum attitude about the signs of the coming return of Jesus. Uh, he, he makes a statement in here, and I just wanted to read it directly to you what uh, David Jeremiah says regarding uh, the church. And this was written in 2019. I don't think much has changed. Probably a little bit further downhill than uh, what 2019 was. But he says, uh, regarding apathy... He says, in recent years, uh, the church has forgotten this truth. The truth that he's talking about is that Jesus is coming back, and he's going to return, and he's going to gather his people uh, and take them back to heaven. So he's talking about knowing the end times. Uh, We'll look at that in a moment in, in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, He says, in recent years, the church has forgotten the truth. Christians, rather than being distinct from the world around them and living in expectation of the Lord's return, have become so much like the world that sometimes you can scarcely tell the difference between the two. Many churches reflect an apathetic rather than serious attitude toward the coming of the Lord. (laughs) You know truth. I mean, that's why I highlighted it in this, in this uh, book was because it's true. There are people, there are churches that we can hardly tell the difference between them and the world. 
we can also do that by not just pointing at churches with their their four walls. We can we can point at individuals who are a part of the church, and you can say, I can't tell the difference between a life that is sanctified and set apart for Jesus than one who is living after the world. Uh, you can go back. You can listen to the Ignite uh, podcasts if you want to look at that topic a little bit closer. But the reality is, it's more than 2,000 years ago that Jesus wrote at the end of, in, in his revelation, he said, behold, I'm coming soon. And I have joked about this a number of times in sermons that I have preached uh, in, the, in the last few years. But when he says, behold, coming soon, well, when is soon? You see, the further and further we move away from that, behold, I'm coming soon, there's two things that happen. One, we actually get closer to when he will return, but we also have our hearts grow a little bit more faint to the very fact that he is going to return. I always think, too, is are there other circumstances that go on that allow us to not live with great anticipation of the coming of Jesus Christ? Well, what about false teachers? Uh, false teachers that people can grab onto who, who proclaim the very fact that this event that's happening right now is the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, I've heard comparisons now and looking at things, well, maybe what's happening with Russia is uh, the Gog and Magog event of Ezekiel chapter 38. I'm not getting into the interpretation of those things, but could it be that people become more apathetic to the the return of Jesus Christ because the longer we get away from the fact that he said he was coming soon, that he was coming quickly, that we just grow weary of all the things that are happening in the world, we fall more and more in love with the world again, less in love with the anticipation of Jesus' return. We become apathetic to the return also because false teachers keep telling us every event that's happening is one step that is a part of the coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I get tired of all these folks keep uh, sending out blogs and information and saying, this is it. This is the return of Jesus Christ. No, Know the signs. Know the signs of when Jesus is returning. And so we're going we're gonna to begin to unpack some of these promises that come from the churches. But it's so important for us to work through the book of Revelation. And this is why I was bringing our class through the book of Revelation starting in September, is because we need to be aware of the events that are going to take place before the return of Christ. Why? Because the church needs to be ready and prepared and alert for Jesus' return. We don't want to be asleep. We want to be alert and we want to be ready and we want to be prepared. And that starts with a heart that is in full-on pursuit of all things that are being obedient to Jesus Christ. So we'll walk through Revelation together. I mean, how exciting, right? You're probably thinking to yourself, I hope he goes beyond chapter 4 and 5. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if he could go beyond 4 and 5? <laughs> well, I, I've gotten emails and, uh, about uh, Revelation in the past, and it's a lot of, well, what does K. Arthur believe about the rapture? Or when are these events that are going to take place? And that's one of the reasons I'm kind of like, well, what, you know, I'm not afraid to take those on, but I just don't want to create debate. I'm just not interested in creating controversy. I'm more interested in getting the heart ready for the return of Jesus Christ. And I think God can do that through the letters that we have. All right, so let me walk through uh, just a couple of uh, cool little things in the book of Revelation, and then uh, we will wrap up this episode, and then we will dive in uh, to chapter one on our next episode, and then uh, spend the next number of weeks looking at the individual churches, one church a week. All right, so let's go to Revelation chapter one, uh, verse one. And uh, we're going to get some really pertinent information right here in the beginning. Uh, trust me, we'll be, we'll be 
covering this when we go through uh, chapter one again uh, in the next episode. So review is good, right? Yes, review is good. All right, chapter one, verse one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. All right, so uh, we don't have to go much further into Revelation now because we are going to get the uh, way that the book of Revelation was passed down. So first and foremost, we are going to draw off uh, the very fact that this is going to tell us how John received the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, so let's take a closer look at this and the word revelation. All right, so let's just look at this first and foremost. It's to uncover or to take out of hiding. Okay, so it's an unveiling of events. Okay, so now let's just look at the verse here. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. Okay, so this is the whole reason for writing this book. We'll see more of that in a second. All right, so it's the unveiling of Jesus Christ and what is to come. All right, so let's look at here. Here's how it came. Okay, so it's the revelation of Jesus, which God gave to Jesus. All right, so that's the first part. So God gave the revelation to Jesus, and Jesus then gave it to one of his messengers. Okay, so it says by his angel, he gave it to one of his messengers, and then the messenger gave it to John, and John wrote it down, and then John passed it off to the churches. All right, so the way that the revelation of Jesus Christ came into existence in paper. Uh, God gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave it to the angel, uh, the messenger of God. The angel gave it to the bondservant John, and John wrote it down, and it was given to all seven of the churches. All right? So uh, this is God's Word. So we can count on what we see in the book of Revelation as being truth. These things are going to take place. Now, one thing we have to uh, think about is there are kind of a number of different approaches to the book of Revelation. I'm not going to get into that this week about all of those different uh, things. Is it all allegory? Is it all imagery? Or is it uh, word for word, these things are actually going to happen? Because we are precept inductive Bible study students, we observe, we interpret, and we apply. That we'll be spending a lot of time observing what the text says. We're going to take it as literal truth of what God has given us here. These are the things that are going to happen. We're not going to over-spiritualize. We're not going to uh, over-interpret. We're just going to take what the text gives us. All right. There's lots of debate and discussion about the whole book of Revelation, whether all of those these things, are they literal things that are going to happen, or is it all kind of imagery and uh, that sort of thing? Okay, so it is God's message about Jesus, given to Jesus, given to the angel, given to John, then John gives it to the churches. All right, then he tells us in verse 3, there's some very important information here in verse 3. Blessed he is he who reads though um, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy he, and heed the things which are written for the time is near. Okay, so there's another reference to the time. Behold, I'm coming soon. The time is near. But in verse 3, and I'm going to take this 
much deeper in our next episode, but there's a couple of things in verse 3 we've got to pay attention to. Okay, one, blessed is he who reads uh, these words. All right, so to understand uh, blessing, we'll look at that next episode, but blessed is he who reads. Okay, so one, you are to read these words. They're given to us to read. But the second is those who not only hear the words and heed. Okay, so if you just look at this, read, hear, and heed. Those three words, don't just hear it. Okay, read it, hear it, and obey it. Okay, so these are the the truths that come through. Blessed is he who reads the book of Revelation, who not only reads it, but takes it in, and then is obedient to the truths that come from it. All right, so these uh first little bits are so important as we walk through the scriptures. Okay, now let's just jump a bit because we're going to see how the book of Revelation breaks out. Okay, so the book of Revelation breaks out into some major segments of scripture. The first uh, verse that's going to show us all of these segments is Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. All right, and what he says in Revelation 1, verse 19, Therefore, write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. Okay, so let me give you these segments for you. Okay, so let's look at the first one. It's the things which you have seen. This is what we're going to cover next episode. We are going to cover what John saw, and we're going to be looking at chapter one. Okay, so that's the first segment. It's what John saw. All right, so the first thing he saw is going to be uh, a great event in this chapter. Don't want to ruin it now. Want to hold out for the next episode. Make sure you come back. Okay, so the things which you have seen is chapter one. Then after that, we have the things which are. The things which are are chapters two and three. And so chapters two and three are what we're going to cover when we look at the seven churches. This is uh, what Jesus sees standing in the middle of the churches. Those are the things that are. And then the last part, okay, starting at chapter four is going to be the things that will take place after these things. So when I go over to Revelation chapter 4, and I look at verse 1, it says, after these things. All right, so good students ask, after what things? Well, after the things which were seen and the things which are. So chapter 4, all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, are the things that are going to come until the return of Jesus Christ, until the end when God sets up the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, so four all the way to the end. There's a lot more segments in there that are broken down. There's sections that focus on what's going to happen uh, in the tribulation, what's going to happen with judgment, uh, what's going to happen uh, during the millennial kingdom. All of these smaller segments break out what the book of Revelation is. But right here in chapter 119, we have the three major segments, the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will soon take place. All right, so I want to look at just another kind of warning that comes along with this, all right? Blessed is he who reads it, who hears it, and heeds it. And then we have at the end of the book of Revelation, all right, so all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, we have uh, verse 6, 22 verse 6. He says, after he said to me, uh, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits, 
of the prophets sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which soon much must take place. All right, so uh, after the description of what's happening in the new heaven and the new earth, in verse 6, and we see the same uh, verses that are given at the very beginning of the book of Revelation. All right, so just as in the book of Revelation chapter 1, we see that God gave Jesus, Jesus gave to the angel, the angel gave to John, and John gave to the churches. Why? So that they would know what was soon to come. He tells us again to close out the book of Revelation. These words, okay, all of the words, the things that you that you saw, the things that you, uh, the things that are, the things that will take place, all of this book, this book of Revelation, these words are faithful and true. All right, so you got to hang on to that. So everything we walk through, uh, we can understand that because God has spoken it, they are true. Guess what that means? One, Jesus is coming back. Two, Jesus will rule forever. Three, God will deal with sin until the new heaven and the new earth. And trust me, our our class in Revelation, we are working through the last half of the tribulation right now, and we pray. We pray that uh, the family members we have and the people we know do not uh, experience what is going to happen in that final uh, three and a half years of tribulation because it is going to be terrible. Jesus says uh, there will be nothing like we've ever seen before happening in the last half of the tribulation. And God is going to rain judgment down on those who do not believe. And, and we see, we see within the scriptures that even in the last days, people blaspheme God and don't repent. This just breaks my heart as a Bible teacher and, and somebody who wants to disciple those to, to be in love with Jesus Christ, that right until the end, even after all of the signs of the things that are going to take place uh, before Christ comes in the clouds, people will still blaspheme God, they will still not repent of their sin, and they will be destined for the lake of fire. And he says, these words are faithful and true. You can count on it. What happens in the book of Revelation will come true. All right, and then he says at the end of it, he says, uh, God of the spirits of the prophets sent uh, him uh, an angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. Repeated of chapter 1, verse 1. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Look at what he says. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 7. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy of this book. Sound familiar? Closing out the book of Revelation just like he opened it. You've got to read it. You've got to hear it. You've got to heed it. Why? Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of the book, that you take them seriously. Do you see why David Jeremiah is writing? You know, the church in the day that we're living now, we've become apathetic to the to the signs of the coming. But if we really, really, we don't debate over whether locusts are locusts or locusts are helicopters, yes, that is a discussion that is out there. Whatever it may be, if we just take the book of Revelation for what it says, if we take it for a literal translation that we, yes, we know there is imagery in there. Just like Jesus taught with parables, there is imagery in the book of Revelation. But if we take these truths that come through here and we understand that God is a God who keeps his word, then it is vital for us to know the book of Revelation and be prepared for his coming. Because God is going to deal with sin one more time, and then that's the end. But there is hope. There is promise, and we'll see that as we, we walk through. Uh, behold, verse 12, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to render every man according to what he's done. I'm the Alpha 
the Omega, the first and the last and the beginning of the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and to enter the gates of, into the city. Outside of those gates are the dogs, the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, let one who hears come. Let one who is thirsty, let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues which are written in the book. If anyone who takes away the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away their part in the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. Yes, he who testifies this says, yes, I'm coming quickly. Uh, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. So a couple things, just to, as the book of Revelation closes, we, we learn that those who are uh, washed, they have their robes washed, they have the right to the tree of life. They get to participate in the garden and outside of the new Jerusalem are all those who haven't repented and asked for forgiveness and given their lives over to Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is a serious book. I mean, it is a life or death book. The whole Bible is a life or death book, by the way. But this, this here, this is, this is it. There are signs that we can learn within the book of Revelation that will show us not the date, not the time, but the signs of the coming of Jesus Christ. I can't wait to get into this, to this book with you, and and to oh, as I as I'm just working through my, I'm being energized to go beyond verse chapter four, but I don't know yet. I don't know, folks. I think we're gonna. I just don't know. All right, but here here we are. Uh, let me just quickly uh, walk you through chapter one. John is going to uh, write about the things that he has seen. Chapters two and three; those are the messages. Uh, to the seven churches. Uh, the seven churches, they all have uh, different um, pieces of information that we're going to talk, but they all have uh, the same kind of uh, warning or the same kind of finish to each of the letters. Uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. That is a repeated phrase through all of the churches, and we're going to look at, we're going to spend a whole episode, one whole episode focused on what the promises are to the overcomer. I cannot wait to do that, That, but that comes at the end. We're going to see a lot of key words within these uh, churches, uh, hold fast, persevere, all of these promises that come for those who can hold fast and persevere. And then uh, in chapter four and chapter five is where I want to end this podcast with you uh, this week. Chapter four and five is that break into that segment, into that third segment, but it can sort of be separated into its own little segment as well. All right, so that small uh, segment, chapter four and five, can be summarized as worship. And so uh, John is taken into the Spirit a number of times, and we're going to look at those times uh, next week in the podcast when we come back together. But here, uh, John is taken into the Spirit in chapter 4. It tells us in verse 3, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in the heavens, and God was sitting on the throne. He who was sitting was like jasper stone and sardius in appearance. There was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne, 24 other thrones. And upon the throne, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments 
and a golden crowns on their heads. Out of the throne comes flashes of lightning and sounds of peals and thunder. Uh, and there were seven lamps of the fire burning before the throne. Out of the throne comes lightning, the seven spirits, and then before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal, at the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Uh, the first creature, and it goes on to describe the creatures, but listen to what the creatures were doing in verse 8. Four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, full of eyes, around, within, and a day and a night, and they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and we will worship him who lives forever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created." Do you hear the, the worship? Do you hear the, the excitement? John is brought into the throne room in heaven. John is told to write all that he sees. And, and in chapter 4, after he's received all of the messages from the churches, God takes him into heaven and he shows him. He shows him all of these creatures, these elders, they all stand before the living and true God and they worship him who is the creator, who was there from the very beginning. They're all bowing before him, laying crowns at his feet, and they are praising God. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, the chapter continues, but it continues into chapter 5. And he says, in, Then I saw at the right hand of him who sat at the throne, on the right hand of God, there was a book written inside and on the back. It was sealed up with seven seals. I saw the strong pro angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or look into it. And it says, John began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book with the seals. But an angel, one of the elders said, stop weeping, John. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders of the Lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits God sent out to the earth. He came, he took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. Chapter 4, who are they singing worthy to? Worthy to God, worthy to the one who was there from the beginning. Chapter 5, who are they worshiping? They're singing a new song. The new song is, Worthy are you to take the book, to break its seals, for you were slain and you were purchased for God with your blood. Men from every tribe and tongue and people and nations, you made them to be a kingdom, and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. I looked and I heard a loud voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them, myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands. What were they singing? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and honor and glory and blessing. Every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, on the sea and all things in them, I heard them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. 
and the elders fell down and worshipped. <laughs> uh, you just pause and you and you think for a moment. Uh, John, uh, chapter one tells us that John was on the island of Patmos, and uh, the day that the angel appeared to John and gave him the revelation. He was worshiping God. He was in his, in his presence on the Sabbath. And we'll look at this closer in our next episode. But here he was in prison for the gospel. He was exiled because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was in prayer on this island. And an angel appeared before him and gave him the revelation. And then as he sees what is happening in all of the churches around him, uh, he is then brought into the Spirit. And where is he? He's in the throne room of God. And he is looking at God who is sitting on the throne. And he is seeing Jesus, the only one who is worthy to open the seals of this book. He, he, he's standing in the presence of God. And all of these people, they are worshiping God and they are worshiping Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I'm John, I don't know how I could have written any of that down. To just be in awe of the very fact I'm in the throne room of God and looking at all of these people bowing and worshiping the one who is worthy to be praised. You see, we can't be apathetic to the things that are happening in the world around us. We have to be expectant of the return of Jesus Christ. We have to be prepared for when he is coming back. And we have to be ready with excitement. My hope and my prayer is that as we go through this book of Revelation and the letters together, that we will be awe, in awe of who God is and what he is teaching us in his word. It's going to be an exciting ride the next number of weeks. And I hope, I hope, folks, that you just don't listen to the podcast, but I hope you get into the Word and you look at these truths for yourselves and you make notes and you, you follow along because I'm telling you right now, this is a life-changing study. This uh, study of the book of Revelation will create an even greater urgency for you to reach your loved ones for the gospel of Jesus Christ because you will see what is to come. I was sitting uh, preparing and, and writing some notes for, for uh, this week's episode, and uh, I am a huge fan of Phil Wickham. I just love his uh, worship songs, and I saw him live once at a, a worship event in uh, Edmonton, Alberta when uh, Kay and I were doing some teaching there together. And uh, he led a, a worship night that was fantastic. And I was so encouraged by that. But as I was uh, listening this week, I, um, I heard one of the songs, and the song written by uh, another worship leader, Carrie Job, and it was called The, the Revelation Song. And uh, I, I just want to challenge you to 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 go in and listen to the to the words of that song and and just be able to grasp the very fact that as we begin to dig into the book of revelation we are going to uh see uh about Jesus who he is about God and his uh being just and sovereign over all things and we're going to be able to look back and just worship I mean, just listen to the listen to the words of this song. I'll just play a little bit for you, and you can go and, and grab it on your own before we pray. Great is love, 
Father, we thank you and we worship you and we are so overjoyed by the fact that you have given us your word. I pray that as we dive into the book of Revelation that you would continue to work in our hearts. Help us to uh, be expectant of the things that are to come, to to not look at what is happening in the world and and be down about it or apathetic to it, but but find great joy in the very fact that we are inching very much closer to your return, and that is what we hope for and we look for. Father, help us to be people that are setting our minds on the things that are above, that we're looking for and hastening your return. So, Father, I pray for this series in the book of Revelation, that you would guide us and direct us through the scriptures, that you would uh, encourage us, and that you would allow us to stand in awe at your mighty and sovereign plan and just look back and worship for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Unlocking the Truth, podcast channel by Preset Ministries Canada. As Mark mentioned earlier, you can visit presetministries.ca to order the recommended studies, Precept Upon Precept Revelation Part 1, or the in and out Workbook for Revelation Part 1. We pray you have been encouraged today to worship God and to see Jesus. Join us in two weeks, like Mark said, to dive in to Chapter 1. And if you haven't already, visit presetministries.ca to find a Bible study class or a workshop that will give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.